Well, good afternoon and welcome to Talk of the Towns. We try to go beyond the headlines to make sense of the issues facing Maine communities, to share what works, and to seek alternative solutions. Talk of the Towns has aired on WERU Community Radio since 1993, dedicated to the proposition that everyone benefits when we share our knowledge, our experience, our concerns, and our perspectives. We're about to practice the magic of community radio, in which those of us in the virtual studio and you who are listening read a dialogue that we hope will be a benefit to our friends, our neighbors, and colleagues. We are your hosts, Ron Beard and Liz Graves. We hope you'll stay with us for the next hour and talk at the towns. And a reminder that we're recording this show in advance and won't be taking any calls today. Well, Maine towns have created comprehensive plans to guide growth and development really throughout the whole 20th century. And such plans were required as the basis for zoning laws in those towns starting back in 1943. More recently, in 2005, the legislature created guidelines for comprehensive plans to designate those areas where towns wanted growth to occur and aimed other areas to avoid sprawl into rural areas. And today we're so happy to have some guests who can help us with the topic of comprehensive planning. Uh, we have um, Harry Fish, who is chair of the Board of Selectmen in Jonesport, and Diane, excuse me, Harry Fish and Diane Smith, who is on the uh, planning board and also a member of the comprehensive uh, planning process there in Jonesport. We have Sarah King, who is um, on the, the new comprehensive plan committee in Blue Hill, and Michelle Gagnon, who is town planner for the town of Bar Harbor. Each of them have a story to tell, and we're so happy that they could join us today. Um, Harry, perhaps you could get started a little bit with a, a thumbnail sketch of yourself, um, your connection to the town, and, and your connection to the planning process. Go ahead, Harry. Yes, thank you, Ron. I'm Harry Fish, Joan Fort. I'm on the select, chairman of the select board. <clears throat> Excuse me, I've been on the board about 10 years. Prior to that, I served on the as chairman of all of the school boards for 14 years in Jonesport, and I've been on every elected board in town for the last 40 years. Uh, I was born and brought up here. This is my hometown. Family connections go back generations. Um, so as I said, kind of following what my father did. Uh, and so we had to uh, update our comprehensive plan. We had originally contracted with Washington County Council of Governments, uh, and then COVID hit and everything fell apart, and the Council of Governments actually ceased to exist. Uh, and so we wound up contracting with uh, Sunrise County Economic Council, Jen Peters and whatnot, um, and <clears throat> they helped us. They've been kind of our contractor, I guess. Abbott has been the person that's followed this. We used the previous plan, which was originally put together in 2004, as a guideline. And it was a book about an inch thick, many, many chapters. And so we have been kind of redoing that, uh, looking at a lot of, you know, some possible new land audiences. Uh, of course, if you're going to do anything nowadays, the first question you get from government agencies and whatnot, do you have a comprehensive plan? Mm, and if you great, say yes, great. and in your visions and stuff that you've written for yourself in your comp plan, then they say, okay, what can we do for you? Great. If you say, no, I don't have one, they'll say, come back when you do. Okay. Harry, let's introduce um, uh, Diane. Diane, how did you get involved in this planning process? 
Uh, well, I'm kind of uh, I'm the opposite spectrum of of Harry, whose uh, family have been here for 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 generation centuries, if not. I've yes, recently I... moved into this uh, area, and there's been some activity with uh, outside companies and uh, other like working waterfront activities that the town is trying to engage. So I got involved in some of those town meetings. Uh, uh, got involved with the planning board. <laughs> And then um, I did uh, talk with Elaine about just how does the how does a town make decisions about the their their future, their economy, uh, et cetera. And then I've just been kind of trying to help out as I can. Great, thanks. She's been an extremely wonderful help. Great, great. Sarah, could you give us a little background on yourself and and uh, how you got involved in Blue Hills Comprehensive Plan? Yes, so I am currently co-chairing the Blue Hill Comprehensive Plan Committee. Um, before I did that, I, I sat on the planning board oh, probably about six or seven years ago. Um, I grew up in Blue Hill. My family is in Blue Hill. Um, I went, went through uh, high school uh, in Blue Hill, left for a while, came back, left again, came back. Blue Hill is home. I am raising my children here. It is a wonderful place to be. Um, I, I love our community and um, it's, it's just, it's home. Um, I am involved in the comprehensive plan committee and the development of the comprehensive plan because it's important. Um, this is an effort that we haven't engaged in for a while. Um, we're overdue and, and it's just, it's such a critical piece of, um, effort in, in bringing together the community's vision and understanding um, where we as a collective see ourselves going, what we want. And um, you know, I think my ultimate hope is that we set ourselves in a, in a good direction so that my children have, have um, you know, something that, that, that they can look forward to um, and in a tangible plan. Michelle, could you give us some background on yourself, your connection to planning and, and now your connection to Bar Harbor? So I'm also not from Maine. Um, I do have one kid that's born in Maine, one kid that's not born in Maine. So I guess we're not really Mainers. Um, and I've been in Maine for closing on 30 years. I started uh, for uh, actually Penobscot Valley Council of Governments, which was ran really by Eastern Maine Development Corporation. And I started writing comp plans. Uh, so I did that for nine and a half years. And then I went to work in the trenches uh, for the city of Ellsworth as the uh, city planner. And uh, there, the first task was to complete the comp plan. So did that again. Um, and then I've been working as the planning director, similar position than uh, Ellsworth. Uh, I don't think after this I can go any further because there's just water, but... <laughs> That's also one thing that we're looking at is the, is the comp plan. But what I do in, in Bar Harbor is basically, um, and I think that's kind of important, is our responsibility is to kind of translate priorities and policies, land use policies that are set by the council and by the community. And um, to translate those policies and priorities in land use regulations. So, um, so we take problems that the community may want to solve and through engagement and participation, we develop regulations that are both politically acceptable and enforceable. And then we present these to the voters to see if they want to pass uh, those regulations. So to come back to the comp plan, uh, you need those to be consistent with your comp plan, because if you don't have consistency, the intent 
of your regulation being consistent with your Latin use, at least not to be inconsistent, because sometimes you cannot prove consistency, but you can prove that it's not inconsistent. Uh, so if you don't have kind of checked that box and you are um, uh, challenged and brought to court, you likely um, may lose the challenge, the appeal. Um, the Bar Harbor Comp Plan dates back to 2007. So it's time to redo them. And I do want to say to, I think, Diane's comment that, or someone's comment, um, that in the mean, mid 1990s to 2000, there was this big con plan push that happened. And I think that we use those con plans as municipalities. And now we're back at, okay, it's time. And I think that's why we're seeing this other way, because I think that during that kind of 10 year period, there were lots of monies from the state planning office to do these con plans. So we all, anyways, in Eastern Maine, the five counties in Eastern Maine went through this and now, you know, it's back to doing this. So that's why I think that we're seeing that huge uptick of comp plan happening. So I just wanted to offer that. So hi, everybody. I'm I'm Liz for our listeners and the co-host. And I wanted to stay with Michelle for a minute. And that actually teed up the next question perfectly. Um, I was going to say, can we can we work on defining what what is a comprehensive plan? And one question is, uh, how does it relate to the other elements of town governance? But what you just said about how this last push 10 plus years ago happened, what was the goal of encouraging towns to do this? How, how does it how does it benefit a town to to engage in this work? So any of that? So I think that so I cannot really answer your question, but I'm going to answer something that's similar to your question, if that's okay, Liz. I think that one of the things is that the realization between that consistency and the realization, I think that I don't know when the state planning office was created. I don't know when Evan Record came on board, but I know that those push could kind of coincide with that effort. And Evan Record, I believe, was a reporter before he went into full-fledged into planning. And I think that, you know, he kind of like, probably they saw the importance of kind of managed growth. Um, so like, do you want me to talk about what is a comp plan to live? Yeah. So, yeah. okay. So I see a comp plan as, and it goes back to the Growth Management Act that is set by the state of Maine. So a comp plan is like a roadmap for the management of growth and development. And I think when I say management, personally, I don't mean, this is like a neutral term. So it's not necessarily as encouragement of certain development or growth. It could be a limitation or it could be even an avoidance of certain development and growth in certain areas of your municipality. The um, one of the thing when we talk about the Growth Management Act is that, um, and that goes back to your question, Liz, I think that there's many grant programs out there that you'll get more points if you have a comp plan that's recent and is consistent with the Growth Management Act. I think that's just good practice. However, I would caution any town to want to reach out for that, but not necessarily be all consumed by it. Because I think it's more important to have a comp plan that meets your needs, who you are, than be consistent. Consistency is just one thing. Does not take away the fact that as long as your comp plan and your, your land use is consistent with your comp plan, doesn't matter if you're consistent with the Growth Management Act or not. So I think that's really important not to forget that. People are really, all oh, the Growth Management Act needs to be consistent. No, you don't need to be consistent. Should it be a goal and an aspirational attainment? Yes, but it's not needed. So um, there are, so the comp plan is really two part. There's an inventory and analysis 
part of the comp plan. I'm going to try to go through this fast because I know that's not the whole thing. But the inventory analysis is basically existing conditions, 10 topics. I would say that don't spend 90% of your time and your money on that because that's not your plan. People, it's an easy thing. It's an easy, you just want to be there, but that's not your plan. And it, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's just to have to be solid. Um, what's important is to spend your time and money on the policies, which are, you know, goals, objective, and strategies. There are three types of policy that will come out of your plan. Uh, regulatory policies, which is land use. Non-regulatory policies, such as um, we would like to, to, to purchase land for conservation, say. And fiscal policies, which is your CIP, your, your uh, capital investment plan, that should have a relationship to what you want to do fiscally. Um, just quickly, I'm just going to say that new plans. So when you're doing your inventory and analysis, your existing condition report, you want to touch on 10 topics and it's okay to look at them in silos somewhat. But what's important is when you get to the actual plan is you start integrating topic and looking at those relationships in a more complex manner because it's strategies are not going to fit perfectly in areas. And I think that new plans should weave sustainability and resiliency throughout the plan. Um, and I think they should really bring in, could be as appendix to your inventory and analysis, new studies or anything that you have done that still has merit and it's still valid. That's what I have to offer. I know, I hope Can I, I didn't speak too fast. No, it's, it's perfect. I have one, one point of clarification to see if I have it right, because it's... Uh was helpful for me to hear. Um, when we talk about economic development is one of the categories that I wanted to fit in. And, and when we talk about economic development, we mean what a town hopes the private sector will do and not do. And we talk about capital investment. That's what the, the work the town is doing on its own um, initiative and resources and things that it's going to run. Do I, is that right? Well, it is right in some ways, but however, your plan is not necessary. You can't dictate what the private sector is going to do. You can only provide a platform for them to be able to prosper and succeed in a way that matches your vision and your goals for a community. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's lovely. That should be in a handbook. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and we should point out that um, Evan Rickert, um, who, who, uh, um, Michelle referenced, wrote a really great guide. And, and it's the first thing you, you find when you Google or search for comprehensive planning in Maine. It's a manual for Maine communities. And it's just a really good reference. So if, if there are listeners out there that would like to know more about comprehensive planning, they can go to this document called Comprehensive Planning, a Manual for Maine Communities. And Evan Rickert was the uh, co-author of that. Um, perhaps we could go around ag again and, and get, um, uh, maybe starting with Sarah, what were some of the issues that that uh, led you to say, oh, it's time for a comprehensive plan. What's happening in Blue Hill that said, oh, we, we ought to kind of chart our future? The last time that Blue Hill approved a comprehensive plan was 1999. And I assume that that was part of the push that Diane and Michelle have, have spoken to. Um, we did revisit our comprehensive plan in 2006, but that failed to be approved. So we do not have, or we have not had a community strategy 
um, revisited for 24 years at this point. And it's time. Um, things, things have changed. Uh, we're, we're in a different place than we were in the, the late 90s. Um, and, and we really, we need to, to get our community together and, and kind of have a, a baseline of, of what, where do we want to go? What, 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 do we what want are some of the changes that you've seen um, in your, you know, kind of your present <laughs> kind of thing? What, what have you seen change? So I'm just going to be honest here. In the 90s, I was in high school. So <laughs> I was not overly involved in, in town politics. But there was my understanding is there was a lot of growth in the 90s um, and, and leading up to the 90s. And um, that, that has, has kind of gone in and out over the last few decades. Um, we've, we've certainly, with uh, some of our more recent, recent changes due to COVID, um, you know, populations have, have spread around. Um, you know, our, our, needs, our needs change over time. And that, you know, so I, I apologize for not being very specific there, Ron, but, um, you know, needs change over time. And it, it's necessary to, to baseline routinely uh, and, and figure out what, what our forward path needs to be. I would like to just note that um, my understanding is that, that a, a large reason that the comprehensive plan effort in Blue Hill failed in 2006 is because the state had some extremely prescriptive guidelines back then uh, to, to have a plan be able to be state approved. And that those prescriptive guidelines have gone away. There are still guidelines that, that the state has um, that need to be followed if you want to have a state approved plan. But the, the current set of guidelines offers a, a much more significant amount of flexibility for a town to be able to design their future in a way that, that they want it to be. Um, so that's, that's what I got. Sarah, that's very helpful. Let's go to Jonesport and see what kind of changes you've seen in the last several years that kind of prompted you to, to start developing a comprehensive plan. Let's go to Harry and, and then to Diane. Harry, go ahead. Okay, well, as I said, we, uh, it was like the others have already mentioned, we, we were told we needed to have a comprehensive plan, a vision of what the town's going to do. Uh, and that was an era of a lot of new land use uh, ordinances coming in place, shoreland zoning and all that stuff. They put together a plan and it was finished in 2004, uh, but it took six years of work and revision on that plan uh, for two goals. One was to meet the state standards, which sometimes were somewhat out of line of what Jones wanted to do. And also for people to get more educated in what the purpose of the land use ordinances and so forth would be. So finally, it was passed in 2010, and it was good for 10 years. And so we kind of cruised along. And over that time, the planning board recommended various land use ordinances and whatnot. Um, and then Jonesport in particular we wanted to build and are in the process of putting in a new working waterfront on Henry Point, which is everyone refers to as Camden or Jonesport. And one of the first things that uh, was asked, do you have a comprehensive plan? We looked, I said, well, yeah, we do. That's when we discovered that it expired in 2010. And so this is what now 2017, 2018, that we were starting to talk about this stuff. And so we said, okay, then let's start the whole process over again. 
the idea that you wanted to develop your working waterfront and you weren't sure that right. you could do that with the comprehensive plan. And then, uh, Diane, you said some some other things are happening yeah, in Jonesport. Ahead. Diane? Well, yeah, there's been a couple of corporations. One of them was Blue Shift uh, Aerospace that was looking to um, – uh, lease an island off the coast, uh, off the coast here, and then Kingfish had bought some land and was in the process of getting their permits, etc. So, so there was a there was kind of su suddenly the time I got here, there was suddenly a couple of major sort of de economic developments that uh, interesting to see how the town was managing and that type of stuff. And I I kind of echo what Michelle was saying is. Like the sense of the comprehensive plan that I get is it's a broad stroke. It's it's looking at what the town it's you know it's updating what the where the town has been and where it wants to go, and then the actual ordinances that you have obviously are following more conscriptively with the uh, the state laws etc. So uh, so that's how you get there. But the vision of what you want to try to do is is coming from the comprehensive plan. And one of the things that I guess the state uh, added to this to the chapters is a visioning. And with, with Elaine's help, uh, she went to the high school to see what the, what you know, did a visioning exercise with the high school and then did one with the town as well and kind of incorporating that into, here's what we're hearing uh, the town wants, wants to do. Do you remember any of the specifics from either of those um, visioning sessions? What, what do people want for the town of Jonesport? What's, what what's their the, what, what's the vision? The big key. Well, it's uh, they they want to maintain the character of Jonesport as a yeah. as a kind of a remote fishing village. Uh, that's basically our economy has worked its way down to just fishing uh, in the last few years, uh, and they wanted to just say maintain the character of the town, but they realized that we needed economic development, small businesses, bigger businesses to come in here to create more job opportunities because it is now all of our young people, they get out of high school, they have to leave town to find a job unless they've managed to go through the uh, the lobster apprenticeship program while they're in high school and be able to get a fishing license. Other than that, there's very little to do. And Great. so they well, want the town to grow but they want to keep the character and whatnot of Jonesport as they remember it. Yeah. Great. That's very helpful. I'll just remind listeners they're tuned to talk of the towns um, this afternoon. Um, we're talking about comprehensive planning in Maine. We have um, three towns that are represented. Uh, you've just heard from Harry Fish and Diane Smith of Jonesport. Michelle Gagnon is here from the town of Bar Harbor. She's the planner there. And Sarah King is head of the new or co-chair of the new comprehensive plan committee in Blue Hill. Um, uh, where would we like to go from from here? Perhaps. Yeah, um, I have an idea. Yep. Uh, we just started talking about um, the character of a community, and I'd love to hear from anyone about how. What's your experience with how a comprehensive plan helps outline a town's preferred future in terms of quality of life, economy? We've touched on environmental and social well-being i'm curious what the levers are like what what are the real life things that people mean when they talk about character you think maybe michelle do you want to start <laughs> no, she, she when, doesn't. when harry said this i wrote character quotation mark hard, uh, hard to define 
because that's what we, you know, we do hear a lot in, but we don't often kind of like um, manage to package what that character is because that's really hard. It's subjective, right? Mm -hmm. To a certain extent, it's a feeling, um, but really important because those attitude and those feelings are important. I'm going to leave it at that for the moment. Well, Michelle, let's stay with you for a minute. And, and what one of some of the things that you've observed since coming to the town that um, are changes that are forcing people to ask the question, what's the future? I mean, I think of, of housing issues. I think of this notion that um, some residents like to think of town as a, as a small, quaint town, and yet it's home to Jackson Lab and a major tourism industry, as well as cruise ships. And that you know, that's those are some of the issues the town is grappling with. Say a little bit more about that, if you could. Well, someone is putting me on the spot, <laughs> Ron. You so, don't have to. An- you don't have to answer those. No, things. I'll answer, but it's it's hard. So, um, <clears throat> so coming back to like, what got you to do a comp plan? Like, I think that personally, like our comp, because it's going to go to what the answer is. I think so. Our comp plan. I don't think there was one single issue. It was the comp plan was so massive. And instead of taking that 20,000 foot view on those, as, as Diane said, and those, those, those vision and those strategies on those kind of like priorities and where you want to go, um, I think it got into really details, which then in, then it was so massive that there was a lot of conflict. So every time you presented an amendment, you can find you know, there was, there was things both ways, why it was consistent or maybe not consistent. So it became really difficult to operate. So that's, I think, one of the impetus and it's old, it's time to redo it. But then it goes back to housing has risen to the top as a major issue. Um, The, so we in Bar Harbor, and if, if I can just explain this quickly, we in Bar Harbor have different population to house. We have second homeowners, vacation rental, year-round resident, uh, summer residents, um, uh, summer workers, uh, college students, um, so and on and on. So we have a host of population to house. And because of the fact that the resource that we have attracts a lot of tourists, attracts a lot of people. The same, the shared resource that we have is the same reason why people want to live here, that they want to visit here. And how do you manage that shared resource for um, for the future generations, really? That's the question. That's what growth management, sustainable you know, management is when you think about it. So housing has risen to the top and next to it has tourism management. And I think those in Bar Harbor are two big things that are going to be looked at in how growth and development takes place in the next 10 years. And if I may, Ron, want to remind people that 10 years, especially in government, is a really, really, really short time span. You're not going to do that much in 10 years. So instead of if you want to be consistent with growth management act, you have to be comprehensive. Yes. But at the end of that day, I would say set your top priorities and what you really need to get done really up there and aim for that or else you're in a quagmire of your bathing and you don't know what it's like going into a store that's full. You've never been there. You're going to exit. You can't manage it. 
You don't know where to start to look for your shirt. So you're just going to get out of there. So, you know, I'm into like a few priorities, get them done. If you're done implementing your plan in five years, well, hallelujah, right? So this is what I would have to say to people to remember. 10 years is short. Focus on those big ticket items and get them done. Great, great. Um, how how um, in, in uh, Blue Hill, what, what do you think um, some of the, the things that you're, you're just getting started, um, how would people respond to that? Let's let's keep it simple <laughs> rather than complex. Do you find some resonance in that, uh, Sarah? I well, I, I suppose yes. Um, I, I think it is great to have a, a more simplistic plan. Um, you know, it, it provides flexibility. We need both something that is is flexible, simplistic, but 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 it needs to have enough details so that the select board understands how how we want to approach our future so that they can prioritize their actions in that way. So that the planning board, when they are adjudicating uh, projects, that, that they have some context as to what the plan sees if they're interpreting, um, you know, requirements that, that may be vague. Um, we, we need to have, we need to have both. Great. Let's, let's talk a little bit about how you've, um, each of you, um, and in Sarah's cake, how you envision um, involving the public. Um, uh, Diane and, and uh, Harry talked a little bit about some visioning sessions. Um, um, how Thank else you. have you tried to involve the public, um, the, the citizens of Jonesport, for instance, in the planning process? I'll well, let Diane speak to that. <laughs> we had a really good time. They did the elementary school, high school, and the town at large. Yeah. So go ahead, Diane. Yeah. Yeah, and it was hosted by the uh, Economic Council, um, but the town itself had done a survey to try to get a feel for town services. Uh, next, you know, where where do, where do people see the town going? So that that was a bit of a foundation uh, for the visioning sessions. But um, it 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 does talk. It goes through each of the chapters. Uh, and and uh, to Sarah's point, it's, you know, the critical chapters that need to be addressed. And it just basically free flowed. Um, what ideas do you have under this chapter? What ideas do you have under economic development? What ideas do you have under housing? What ideas do you have here? And it, it, it's a way of consolidating some of what different people are thinking. So it was, it was interesting to see the difference between what uh, the high schoolers and and uh, then the adults ended up having so. But and it, it also provides a basis of, okay, are we heading in the right direction or are we completely off the mark? So. Michelle, how, have, how has the town of Bar Harbor tried to engage its citizens and business owners and so on in, in thinking in getting ready for the strategic plan and the, the comprehensive plan and, and, and throughout? Um, you've done some polling and, and so on. You've used um, various strategies to find out more about the housing issue, for instance. Right. So it's the first thing we did is um, engage our consultants, really. So we made sure that we, besides having the state package, we they had basically access to tons of files and projects ahead of time. Um, we also have um, used Bolco, which is kind of like a survey monkey tool to engage people in questions earlier on and also into this really substantial housing um, um, survey, which uh, also um, aimed at getting people that worked in Ball Harbor but lived 
outside of Barber because two third of our 5,400 people workforce, uh, two third of it work outside uh, that town. So we did that. We so we're using Polko. We are we did some tabling events. So basically at community events, we just show up, set up a table, put a canopy, put our banner up, and just kind of like talk about it. We have also done two huge uh, forums, which are um, um, so kind of the end of your inventory and analysis, where you uh, invite people with uh, sets of questions, and it's participatory. It's not listening at all. So people are going from station to station, kind of engaging with people that are interested in that topic and kind of discussing um, questions and issues and then responding uh, in writing. And then what we did is we continued that forum as a, uh, di a digital tool format. And that was, uh, so we have more information that we really need at this point at that time in the process. So this is where we are with the newsletters as well. We have huge um, displays, um, sometimes the Dismara Town Clerk, um, in the hallways um, to let people know. So everything from the forum has been reused and people can still participate as they enter the town office. Um, I think that's where we are. Mm, good. And and Sarah, what what uh, do you imagine? How do you imagine? And you said you've, you've contracted with the Hancock County Planning Commission. Say a little bit more about the expertise that you hope they will bring. And what are the ways in which you you sense that Blue Hill residents would like to participate in the planning process? So, yes, we have engaged Hancock County Planning Commission to guide us through this process to help help, help write the, the comprehensive plan. Um but uh, we we currently are we're meeting on a biweekly basis. Our meetings are open to the public and advertised on the town webpage. Um, we are in the process. So we, we have our comprehensive plan committee. We've formed a few subcommittees. We have a subcommittee that is currently working to put together a survey that will be distributed to town residents to collect information on, you know, what they see um, as, as critical issues in Blue Hill, what they like about Blue Hill, what they want to preserve, um, all of that. Um, and we have another subcommittee that, that is really focused around community engagement. And right now we are working to set up our first um, introductory slash visioning session, hopefully in about a month. Um, we'll, we're, our town meeting will be coming up in April. So we're hoping to have some presence um, you know, there just informationally. But um, we're really in the process of, of scheduling, um, figuring out what, what our schedule of visioning sessions is going to look like. Um, I, th I think we're all very excited to, to engage with our fellow uh, residents and, and find out how, um, you know, how, how, how they're thinking about this, um, you know, what, what they want. So we've, we've got a lot planned. It's just all being planned right now. <laughs> but we would welcome anybody that has any questions or wants to be engaged the webpage is a great place to start and and to not hesitate to reach out to any committee member to, to connect. Liz, you wanted to follow up in terms of the relationship and, 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 and everybody has alluded to it, but this relationship between um, the planning process and the comp plan and other elements of the towns. You want to, yeah. You want to follow up? Jumping around a little bit, but sure. We have two um, current or former planning board members. So I'm curious with, that hat on there's there's root what a root what a planning board does on a routine basis and then there's this and and how is it different 
and how do they inform each other? Uh, Diane, well, you want to start? Yeah, sure. Um, I think the the planning board, to, in my mind, kind of executes um, not only the laws, but also what the town has put forward in the ordinance. So that's the piece, that's the piece that a, a resident or a citizen or a corporation would need to follow in order to to satisfy, you know, to get, you know, to and get a permit or, or whatever type right. of thing. And as part of the comprehensive plan, we did engage the planning board as well. Um, and it was really to talk about, again, let's take a map of the town and let's just talk about what's still gonna be just that waterfront and working waterfront area. What's Where's some development opportunities? Where do we not want development like the blueberry fields or or yeah. some of the natural resource areas. So that so that was, but again, that's not uh, that's not the planning board itself isn't going to sit there and say, oh no, you can't do this because we've designated this area. So it's it's kind of like land zoning, but it's not really the the uh, the, the nitty gritty of trying yeah. to build a deck to your house or something like that. And then on the other side, Sarah, you made reference to um, once a plan is complete, it's a resource for planning board and for the municipal officials for the select board to if there is a sticky question to try to maybe provide additional guidance or context well so so i guess at a very high level let me just say that a comprehensive plan is not zoning Um, a comprehensive plan does not mean that you have to have zoning a comprehensive plan is as we've all mentioned it is a vision so um what i am speaking to is that you know, in my experience on the planning board, um, you know, the, the planning board's job is to look at rules that the town has approved and decide whether a project fits within those rules. And if, you know, the, the, the planning board can can suggest that changes to rules be made, but if the planning board suggests that changes to rules be made, that has to be approved by the town by vote. So, um so, so, so there's that end of it. What I was really speaking to is, um, you know, in, in my term on the planning board, I actually found it very useful to review the comprehensive plan, even though I, I mean, I was probably around 2015 and our comprehensive plan was still quite old and, and our, our 2006 plan did not uh, pass, but it, it still provided, um, at least the 99 plan still provided some useful context for me. I mean, a rule is rule. I'm an engineer by training, so I'm very black and white um, and a rule is a rule, but um, it is, it, it's just useful to have all the perspective that you can have leading up to the, you know, the, the impetus for, for creating rules, the driving factors. So I think that's, that's what I really was getting at is that the comprehensive plan provides context um, that, that is useful. It, it doesn't replace um, you know, what the town says, select board, we tell you to do this, or Marine Resource Committee, it, it, like, it, or the planning board, or any town committee. It doesn't replace that direction, but it provides context that that I think can be really useful in moving forward and being able to work in, you know, identify what the town has, has, has said its best interests are and, and, and work toward achieving what the town's voted on goals are. Awesome. And then Harry on the select board side, anything to add? What is how does the well, select board use like plan? Add, it, one thing I'd like to add is what she was just referring to 
In the last couple of years, Jonesport has enacted two new land use ordinances. One was on the aerospace project, and the other one is probably will be approved in the next month or so on large-scale solar arrays, commercial solar arrays. And so we actually, what we appointed a couple of committees of volunteers to specifically come up with an, a suggested ordinance for the aerospace industry and a specific ordinance for large-scale solar arrays. Uh, the ordinance of the, land, the uh, aerospace one has already been passed. We're hoping that the one on the solar arrays can be passed in this coming up town meeting in March or when we do the school budget in June. Uh, and so looking at to see, we realized that here was something that was going to come up that was not covered in our existing land use ordinances. Uh, and that and part, part of the fact that we were starting to talk about a new comprehensive plan, we're saying, hey, wait a minute. You know, so we actually jumped in, put a moratorium in place, got those ordinances taken care of, and they are now being talked about in this new comprehensive plan. Uh, and so we're looking ahead. And so that's what we're really trying to look now at. What else can come down the road that we haven't thought about in the past? Uh, and so this is part of the plans. We're almost done. We've only got another chapter or two. But I don't expect we will have that plan, the comprehensive plan, ready for town approval until June. Michelle, what would you add to this this element of of, of um, the town is always updating um, plans and and excuse me ordinances when you find problems and you know they can be corrected, um, but that's within the context, I, I suppose, of this vision that's right. created in the comprehensive plan. Is that right? Right, and I, I just want to say I love what's just been said, and I think it's really important. I think Sarah said that it's not because you have a comp plan that you need to have a land use ordinance or you need to. And I think that's really important for a small town. And I like the fact that she brought the word context. And, and I think that small towns absolutely would benefit from, from, from those exercises as well. So I'm really thankful that was mentioned. I think that's excellent. Even though your comp plan, as Diane said, will mandate that you do look at future land use. So you have to provide a future land use map, but that's not zoning. That's not the law. That's not regulation. It's just a general sense where you may want to have growth and where you may want to maintain rural areas as rural areas. So I think that was worth excellent comments. Um, what was the question? <laughs> no, but even though that um, the comprehensive plan is in place, um, you're still working, as um, Harry said, on land use ordinances and the problems that you've encountered um, and you say, okay, we need to fix this. So you don't wait for another comprehensive plan to fix an, a current problem. So we have um, written a work plan um, for, um, so we have a running list of all land use amendments that comes up, right? Some of them, it's just like process-wise. So we have a running list of all use, land use amendments. And what we've done now, because we're kind of like maybe in limbo, we have listed the one that can take place before the new comp plan, and it's not really going to change anything, does not have to wait. And we have listed uh, the ones that kind of really should wait for the new comp plan. Um, but Bar Harbor is really different. We have about 40 zoning district over like 23 square miles. It's kind of like, you know, it's a bit of a different world than most municipalities. But that's how we've looked at it because we have so much to do. 
uh, that we uh, wanted to, to to have that kind of like separation and understand what we could do while going through this process and not be you know backpedaling afterwards. Well, Liz thinks about another yeah. question. I'm just going to remind listeners they're tuned to Talk of the Towns this afternoon. We're talking about comprehensive planning. You've just heard from Michelle Gagnon, who is the town planner in Bar Harbor. Also with us are Sarah King, Comprehensive Planning Committee in Blue Hill, and both Harry Fish and Diane Smith. Excuse me, Harry Fish and Diane um, Smith are with the uh, planning process in Jonesport. Liz, to you. All right. We are uh, coming up on, on the end of the hour, so I'm going to ask both of the questions I, I have left, and you can decide which sounds like more fun to answer. Um, one of them is, what have you learned or had confirmed so far about your town in, in your process this far, this time around? And the other is our question that we ask at the end of every show, which is, what do you wish everyone knew about comprehensive planning? Anyone so, have a, a burning so idea? Diane, you're relatively new to the town of uh, Jonesport. What what have you learned about Jonesport by being involved as as you have been? It uh, yeah, it's uh, I've had an opportunity to read all of the changes to the chapter just to kind of help you know just be a proofreader type of thing. But a lot of the chapters are just a refresh. I mean, some of it's history, some of it's population. So it's really just a refresh. But it was it's really interesting to hear the history of the town and where it is where it is now. So that's that's been the fun part of it. Well, you you could not have imagined, um, I don't think, that you would have an application to have a, a rocket launch site. You could <laughs> not have imagined that you were going to see probably the largest on-land aquaculture project by Kingfish um, mm -hmm. five or six years ago. You could not have imagined that. So um, you, you have to be really nimble um, because uh, these large corporations are going to come and say, oh, Washington County, there's not a lot of people living there. We can do what we want. <laughs> and, and so both of you are kind of reflecting that notion of we need to be prepared for these kinds of, of applications that may come our way that we cannot imagine right now. Yeah. Wow. Harry, what have you learned? Anything new that you've learned, perhaps uh, from from the high school students or for uh, others? Uh, it's 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 interesting. As I say, I'm a life lifetime live here, born here. Uh, there's a lot of the traditions in the town, the character and whatnot, has stayed more or less the same. But I think the town is also realizing that we can't hide out here on the end of the peninsula uh, and survive. And so we've now got to address all these issues and look ahead and get our vision opened up so that when things like an aerospace company turns up, we've got some idea of how to deal with it and to whatnot. Uh, so I haven't seen much of a change in the character of the town, but it is becoming much more progressive and looking ahead that, you know, we need to improve, get our economy increased, or we won't, we will cease to exist. Well, you're going to see some change um, with the Kingfish um, application because you're going to have a lot of, of year-round workers and some seasonal workers that need housing. So whether you provide that housing in the town of Jonesport or other towns surrounding you, you're you're going to see some change as a result of Yes, there's a, a lot of discussion on. going on on that. And uh, we used to have 150 kids in uh, high school. And we now have 60. Yep. 
So obviously we have got to attract families back into Jonesport. And the only way you're going to do that is to have decent long-term paying jobs to do that. And they will bring kids. And children. Otherwise we're going to, you know, we're just going to keep shrinking until we can't survive. And so, yeah, we've got to look ahead at these things. And that's one of the reasons that the new comp plan has been really helpful. Uh, and we've got to talk to a lot of the older people who all feel like I do. And then the younger people that are saying, we need to expand. Our economy has got to expand all this stuff. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Sarah, what, what have you learned so far? Um, again, you, 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 know, you have a long history in Blue Hill. But what have you learned um, so far about Blue Hill through getting involved um, on the comprehensive plan uh, process? So before I answer that question, I just have to say, I absolutely love that Harry and Diane have engaged the high school students. What a, what a, that, that is something that I learned today that I, I just think is wonderful. Um, so I, I actually would rather speak to what I hope to learn. Um, and I see Blue Hill through my own lens of my own experiences. And I am really excited to move forward in our public engagement process and learn more about how the people that I live with and work with see Blue Hill and, and what they need. Um, and if I can very quickly answer the second question, not that I'm in a place at the beginning to give lots of advice, but um, our committee in Blue Hill is is really diverse. We represent a, a diverse reach into the community, diverse perspectives. I suspect that we are not always going to agree on everything, but I also suspect that we are a group that really wants to see this come together and is really willing to work together to end with the community to come up with something that that is to propose that is in the community's best interest. So diversity and flexibility are, are two things that um, I, I think are going to serve our committee very well moving forward. Great. And, and Michelle, what, um, you know, you've been in Bar Harbor for a while as the town planner, but you probably learn things all the time. What have you learned in this comprehensive plan process that, that um, might interest our listeners? Well, um, I'm going to take a book out of Sarah's, page out of Sarah's book. <laughs> I think it's, I really like how she answered the question. I think that, you know, what, you know, I can talk about what we've learned. I can talk about that we have, um, uh, a need for 600 new dwelling units and that we've only permitted permitted 200 in the last five years. I can talk about the fact that um, I've learned, well, not learned, but it's kind of like, um, you know, kind of you're putting number and yes, if that keeps going like this and two thirds of your workforce goes off the bridge and further and further inland, closer and closer to other um, employment centers, such as Ellsworth and Bangor and Bucksport and Belfast and other, then these people may not want to continue coming down here. So, you know, we've put, we already knew the issues, but what I've learned is we've put numbers and we've taken a deeper dive. But I think more importantly to what Sarah was talking, what she hoped to learn, what I hope to learn is how, we, we've had some very divisive issue in Bar Harbor that has torn the community, um, you know, kind of apart. And we, you know, and we still have some of them. And I think that I hope that, and I think, yeah, I hope that we, through this process, can start looking at where we have commonalities and how we address the future of the town and maybe um, start 
coming back towards a a a a, a better you know tomorrow um you know i think that there's a lot of really respectful um conversation in bar harbor and i think that's all good but what we deserve and to oh you know to give each other is that um it's that future where i have to it, i'm not going to get everything i want and you're not going to get everything you want but that's what we need to aspire to and that really is coming together so um, you know, I like what Sarah said, because it really made me think differently of how to answer the question. And that's truly what I want to learn is how are we going to, to do that? And what does that look like? Well, you've you've answered um, Liz, both Liz's questions in some way. One thing we might close on is what do you hope other towns um, or listeners to the program um, might take away? Um, from 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 this show, what what do you hope that they might um, think about um, as they as they take up their own comprehensive plan? You've mentioned this notion of of long term vision. You've mentioned the relationship between um, the uh, the comprehensive plan and any ordinances or rules that come out of that. What else would you like um, citizens and and uh, town officials to take away from our conversation about comprehensive planning? Sarah, do you want to? You're smiling. Um, I can see you on yeah. this Zoom call. What would you like other other people to do? You're just getting started um, with 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 uh, Blue Hill. Uh, well, can I answer the self the, the question selfishly, Ron? Um, so selfishly, I I want people listening that are from Blue Hill, uh, or or the, really that cross over into Blue Hill to know that we want to hear from them please reach out. We, we have, you know, we, we have a, a platform on the town website right now um, that, that you can use to be informed and, and please, you know, find us and, and talk to us about what you want and, and what you need. Um, we, we really want that. Um, how about Diane and Harry? What would you like listeners to take away from this program or like them to know about comprehensive planning based on your experience? I think this, the, the most simple thing that they've got to understand is they, just as she just said, they've got to express how they feel. And that's what we did with getting our survey and the vision and all that. Uh, we don't want a few people on committees saying, okay, we're going to do this, we're not going to do that. The only way that we get people who get to be willing to step forward and express their views and that we welcome that, and that's what we've been working on. And so we do have input a lot of times. That's very important. Thank if you, you want your town to move forward, stuff, you've got to be willing to participate in the discussion. Right. Not bitching about what you don't like, but saying, this is what I would like to see. And then those of us that have been elected or appointed will work with that information. You right. can't just work in a void. You've got to have that input. That's great, Harry. And that comes from a long time experience um, in in town government. Um, yes. Diane, what would you add? Um, and then we'll go to Michelle. I, I think we've hit upon this in, in different methods, but the comprehensive plan really gives the town an opportunity to reach out to the community and say, what do you like? What do you want to change? What don't you want to change? And then see how that fits with yeah. with uh, the town needs. You get you get a history. You see where your population is going. You uh, you know you get you got those facts. But then where do we really want to go, and how do we get there? You know, is there a vision of how we get there? So, 
Great. Michelle, what would you add in terms of what you'd like? I just love it. This was a great conversation. I really am happy I was part of that, right? Sometimes you say yes and you're like, oh, this was awesome. I just really just want to thank like everybody. I've learned things and it's it's good reminder that uh, there are other small communities out there that can benefit from this. So I just want to Harry's point. Um, if you want to be seen and if you want to recognize yourself on the comp plan, then you need to participate. And you need right. to actually participate. And if you don't participate and you don't recognize yourself in the conflict, well, you did not participate. Yeah. It does not mean that you participate, that it's all going to be about you either. So, right. and I just want to say that um, we need to have those hard conversations. We need to take the time and give us ourselves that ability to have those hard conversations because, you know, uh, the right thing is often the, the hard thing. And that needs to come out of those discussions. So I think that, you know, Harry said it, you got to get involved and you got to be willing to get into those hard conversation if you want something that's going to be meaningful at the end of it. So thank you all so much. We've come to the end of the hour. Be sure and join us from four to five on the second Wednesday of each month for Talk of the Towns. Podcasts of our programs can be found in the archive section of the WERU website. If you've got comments or suggestions for new topics, please email us at news at WERU.org. And stay tuned and please tune in for our companion program, Coastal Conversations with Natalie Springle of University of Maine Sea Grant from 4 to 5 on the fourth Friday of each month. Our theme music is a medley from Coramac on a Bell Lane House Highland Music recording. Thanks again to our guests on here today, Harry Fish and Diane Smith of the uh, planning process in Jonesport, Michelle Gagnon, who is the town planner of Bar Harbor, and Sarah King on the Comprehensive Plan Committee in Blue Hill. Thanks to our underwriters. Thanks to Amy Brown and Joel Mann for engineering our program. Stay tuned for Ralph Nader Radio from 5 to 6 and The Groove Shop from 6 to 8. Liz Graves and I are producers and hosts for the program Talk of the Towns, and we wish you a good afternoon.